the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. We're listening, we're reaching, we're rocking. It's what we do. It's what we do. <laughs> hey, speaking of rocking, you were rocking this past weekend here at the amphitheater, Pastor Sean. Yes, yes, well, that's right. That's Well, not me. I mean, you know, uh, for King and Country was. And by the way, uh, that's next level. Their, their tech, their production, wow, I, I'd never seen them live. Yeah. And it was amazing. I saw them live the first time they came to San Antonio, and it was a, uh, uh, I think there was some vocal tracks and, a, and you know, a little drum thing. But man, yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's grown since then. A little bit. It was just great to see so many people worshiping in the, in, in one. In, in oh the, yeah, the real life amphitheater. Yeah, it's just no. And and again, every time I'm and you know I'm I'm kind of a broken record, but it's just such a blessing to see this place used the w- way it was intended as far as facility, mm-hmm. but for the glory of God and just to see people you know worshiping and celebrating together. It was it was an awesome evening. Well, we got something special today, Pastor Sean. I feel like we need to get right to it. Yeah, we do. I mean, I, I want to give it as much time as possible. I had a chance to interview Joel Berry, who's the managing editor with The Babylon Bee, and he is one of the co-authors of the book, The Babylon Bee's Guide to Wokeness, How to Take Your Wokeness to the Next Level by Canceling Friends, Breaking Windows, and Burning It All to the Ground. <laughs> Read it <R. laughs> I'm just like, Wow. And, and uh, what a great interview. Um, it, it, mm-hmm. was, it was one that I really enjoyed. So, yeah, we want to get right to it. We don't want to take uh, waste too much time. But uh, this is Joel Berry with the Babylon Bee. Well, Joel, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. I have to tell you, Joel, uh, as I told people, you're the managing editor with Babylon B. We've had some pretty cool guests on our show. You know, we just had America's <laughs> fire chief, uh, Kelvin Cochran, and Mark Davis, national radio host and stuff. But when I told people, I've got Joel Berry, the managing editor of the Babylon Bee. They're like, dude, you guys are important. <laughs> that tells you a little bit about where our crowd lives. <laughs> Let's say there was a person listening to this who didn't know who the Babylon Bee was. How, how would you describe it to him, Joel? I mean, tell him a little bit about just it, it, what's your elevator speech of this yeah. is what I do, Babylon Bee. Yeah, yeah. So the Babylon Bee is a uh, a news satire site. Uh we publish uh, 
very dry AP style uh, fake news articles uh, that are meant to be satire. Very similar to what The Onion does, only obviously we're coming at things from a very different perspective, different worldview, whereas The Onion is representing often uh, the left, we're representing uh, Christians in the right. (laughs) You guys came onto my radar about maybe six years ago, and it was when someone connect with our ministry, sent a deal. It was a quote that says, can you believe this? And they were very distraught and, and bothered. <laughs> Elevation Church debuts water slide baptismal. <laughs> That's one, a classic. <laughs> it was one of your deals. And I'm like, uh, I think that's satire. <laughs> and that's when I immediately went and found your site and became a big fan. Well, that's, I have a similar story, honestly. I, I only came uh, along at the B about two years ago, and I started as a fan. So the first article I remember finding was the uh, Holy Spirit unable to move through congregation after fog machine breaks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, I, I thought immediately, like, wow, these, these are my people. You know yes. what I mean? Like, these, these guys get me. Yes. And uh, I don't think anyone imagined how big it would end up being. No, I mean, Newsweek declared, you know, they carried one of your deals. When you guys, after President Trump, President Trump declares the Babylon Bee his most trusted news source. <laughs> they, they quoted and carried you guys. I'm like, you guys have arrived. Yeah, I think that's when, when Trump uh, retweeted one of our headlines for the first time. That's when we knew that we had arrived. <laughs> <laughs> now, you'd say, you the way you said it was a different worldview. You guys are, are yeah. I mean, I, from what I understand, a faith-based site. I mean, you come from a faith-based perspective, not only conservative, yeah. but faith-based. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're, we're all Christians at the B. Um, you know, we believe in God. We follow Jesus. Um, and I think it, it, it does make a difference in our comedy, I think, whereas a lot of comedians <clears throat> and comedy in, in our kind of in our secular world is very focused on uh, deconstruction, just strictly focusing out the or, or strictly uh, pointing out the absurdity in, in things and in people and institutions and just life in general. Um, we're trying to take it one step beyond that to where we, you know, we deconstruct and we ridicule and we, we tear things down, but we are hoping that we're pointing to something beyond that, you know, kind of a hope beyond this life, uh, that, that gives us a little, a little bit of joy, uh, and, and it keeps us from cynicism. You know, a lot of comedy is very cynical. Yeah. That's a, that's a great perspective. Um, I think that takes some subtlety and nuance on the part of your reader and your listener, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I think there's, you know, and I would ask, how would you respond to those who, who find satire and really kind of almost the implicit mockery unchristlike or unchristian? Because I, I, I think mm-hmm. there are those who kind of have that position. Yeah, I, I do get asked that, that question a lot. You know, would, would Jesus mock people? Would Jesus uh, ridicule? And I think, yes, you know, I, I, we're, we're never out to attack people, you know, or tear people down. We do mock ideas. You know, I, I, we kind of see ourselves, you know, as following the tradition of the Old Testament prophets who mocked idolatry and, and mocked the prophets of Baal mm. and, um, you know, things that, that set themselves up in, in their pride, you know, um, against the truth. Uh, we're there to mock it in a good natured way. We never, we never want to hate or, um, or despise the people that we're, um, you know, that we're gently ribbing or poking fun at. Um, and, and we turn that back on ourselves too. I think it's very important to, to be able to make fun of yourself. Yeah. We believe that our worldview can stand up to it and we challenge people with other worldviews, you know, can your worldview stand up to our mockery? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I, that, that's so beautiful. So all inclusive. I, 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 wow, that's just, I'm getting emotional here. Uh, 
No, you, even today in your article, you know, you said due to rising inflation, worship leader can only afford two songs with two chords. So, <laughs> so I, I just, you guys do. You seem to make fun uh, of people on the left, right. You make fun of people from a faith perspective, which as a kid who grew up in church and is now a pastor, there's lots to make fun of. There's, we, we, <laughs> we, we give you, we give you good material on that. Um, true. Have you guys noticed like some of your stuff has gotten and this shows how ridiculous things are almost prophetic like have you guys mm-hmm. come up with something really funny and bizarre and like ha, this is great and then realize oh th- two months later wait <laughs> that's actually happening now <laughs> yeah it, it happens a lot and i think that's just uh, kind of a natural result of what we do in satire you know good satire has to someone be very close to the truth and what we're doing is we're 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 exaggerating the truth a little bit and in today's progressive culture you know, it seems like the left is always trying to one up itself in terms of how ridiculous it can be. And and when we think of a funny scenario or a funny headline, um, oftentimes it does happen. You know, one or two months later, it comes true. <laughs> now, how does your process work? Is there a bunch of you guys? And I mean, are you like do you have staff writers? Do you have freelance? I mean, how, how do you get this material? Because you guys are prolific. This is you guys yeah. are cranking it out. Yeah. So we yeah, we publish about eight articles a day, which is a lot. Um, me and Kyle Mann, I'm the managing editor. Kyle Mann is the editor in chief. Uh, we're doing uh, probably the lion's share of it. And then we have six or seven part time writers kind of all around the country. We we have a Slack channel that we share together. And we're just pitching all day. We got we have guys that are that have full time jobs that are doctors, engineers, um, in sales, and they just whenever they get a free moment, they're mm. pitching here and there. And uh, it's it is kind of a funny eclectic group, you know. And it's funny too. Kyle and I don't have uh, backgrounds in comedy either. I have a background in sales. He has a background in sales. I don't know what it is with salespeople, but um, <laughs> well, they have to find employment somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So the the. Most of the team is out in LA. I, I'm on the East Coast, so I kind of wake up with the news. I get a sense for what the news cycle is going to be doing that day, what we want right. to joke about, and then I kind of give the marching orders to our team, and we just start riffing. So we, mm. you know, for every one article that we're publishing, you know, there's 50 or 60 uh, articles or headline ideas that, that end up in the trash. Well, Baron and I are very funny, so maybe we could submit some <laughs> stuff to you guys. <laughs> that would be well, great. <laughs> we do. We do have a lot of people that want to submit, and and we we ended up not being able to really keep up with all the emails we would get. So we, we added a feature uh, to subscribers where subscriber based, you know, platform big tech has squashed us. So, so we don't have the reach on big tech that we used to. Um, so if you subscribe to the B, you can actually pitch up to four headlines a day and I'll go through that forum and, and I'll usually publish, you know, between three or four uh, subscriber ideas a, a week. So we do have a little bit of crowdsourcing going on. That's awesome. Family. That's awesome. Yeah. But you got to be a subscriber. So you are a salesman. Excellent. That's, Excellent. That's right. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking with Joel Berry, managing editor with the Babylon B and you guys have written a book. The, the Babylon Bee's Guide to Wokeness. How to take yeah. your wokeness to the next level by canceling friends, breaking windows, and burning it all to the ground. That sounds like an amazing read. Talk, let's talk a little bit about the book. How did this come to be? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, you're obviously familiar with what has happened in the last couple of years, this, this idea of, of wokeness, social justice, racial justice. I think it was born out of a, a desire to try to kind of help define it and, and pin it down a little bit for a lot of people who are confused by it because the, you know, the left is intentionally confusing with this right. stuff. They change a lot of the terminology and they don't want to be pinned down. Um, and, and there are some great scholarly works that have been released over the last year 
uh, criticizing, you know, things like critical theory, social, the social justice movement, the woke movement. And um, we thought that we, the world needed a, another book that had more of a comedic angle. Um, right. There's there's a lot of frustration, despair, hand wringing about the state of our culture and what wokeness is doing to to the church and to to politics. Um, and we wanted to help people, you know, see the truth of it uh, while laughing at it and, and lightening up a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, the, people need that relief right now, I think, especially. I, I absolutely agree. And humor, humor is interesting because it's such a great way to tell the truth. I like how you referred to your, your kind of place as almost prophetic because mm-hmm. humor is a language. And the beauty of humor is it kind of we, we, when you get the joke, it's like we've just connected. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, laughter is involuntary, I think. And, you know, a good joke has a way of cutting through kind of our, our partisan divides, the um, the things that we have set up that you're not supposed to say and not supposed to believe. Uh, when someone says something that's true in a, in a witty way, it kind of has a way of cutting through um, all the noise and, 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 and can hit to the truth right. a lot more effectively than like a op-ed or a, a long yeah. book can. Because so, it, it goes beyond our bias. It goes around exactly. our bias and hits that little part of us that goes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You know, and, and we, we were inspired by what The Onion does. Our, our founder, Adam Ford, he got the idea initially for The Bee when he read an Onion headline after the um, Obergefell decision when the Supreme Court redefined uh, the meaning of marriage. Right. And the, the headline was something to the effect of um, four Supreme Court justices suddenly realize that they will soon be the villains in an upcoming Oscar winning movie. <laughs> and right. You're chuckling a little bit, even though you don't agree. And and so you, you kind of respect the joke in that sense that, yes. you know, it, it makes you chuckle at the cleverness of it. And it has a way of being of disarming you a little bit. Right. And I think the left traditionally has always been very good at um, at selling their worldview through uh, yeah. humor and um, I think that's something that our side uh, could use a lot more of. So we're, I guess, playing our own small little part. Well, and you're doing a great job. I understand you guys have actually been uh, fact-checked as though, as though it's a real <laughs> thing. That that Snopes yeah. or others have, have fact-checked you with, this isn't true. And you're like, it's satire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. I mean, sometimes I don't know whether they are really confused by it or whether it's really just like this disingenuous thing that they're, you know, coming after us in a right. calculated way, but it's always funny. I mean, um, it always kind of uh, breathes new life into a joke. We tell when Newsweek comes out a week later and, and facts check, you know, yeah. did Trump really propose putting a space Navy on the moon after we discovered water there, you know, <laughs> you know, that was a real fact check done by I think, USA today. Oh, that's and, so great. So, you know, it, it really it just makes it that much funnier. I, I think when you, whenever you're uh, laughing at someone who takes themselves way too seriously and just takes yeah. life in general way too seriously, it, it makes it it makes it more funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, you mentioned, you know, racial justice, social justice, like the prop. And that's the problem with terms, because we all want mm-hmm. racial justice. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we when you actually what those words actually mean, we want social we want justice. We want people yeah. to, to have justice. But the wokeness movement, wokeness in and of itself is like the whole point is it's a play on words. We've awakened to the fact Mm -hmm. that there's all this oppression and there's all this and there's it's an irreparable system that has to be torn down. Where do Mm -hmm. you guys see the danger in wokeness? And you've chosen to write a book that actually exposes Mm -hmm. so much of that. Yeah, I guess to put it as succinctly as I can, um, wokeness is really just a rebranding for 21st century America of um, liberation theology, uh, Mm -hmm. which 
tore through the, yeah. you know, the Christian uh, South American countries. And then before that, Soviet communism and Marxism. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a very materialist philosophy that seeks to describe all of human interaction in terms of oppressor versus oppressed. In wokeness, you kind of have that modified to be, you know, people of color versus whiteness. And then you kind of have all these other additional oppressed classes that they kind of glom on, uh, you know, to this thing. Right. Um, but it's essentially the same doctrine. It's, 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 uh, it's a very harmful doctrine. It's, it's an anti-human doctrine. It, it kind of strips yeah. away the, the, uh, the dignity um, and the infinite worth of the individual right. um, yep. and, and assigns worth and value based on group identity and politics. And it's just awful. Yeah. And it says, well, my actions, my decisions don't really matter. It's my, mm-hmm. my identity, my racial or my gender or whatever identity you choose to, to select. Absolutely. Uh, what kind of criticisms have you guys received? You know, because I know you've gotten lots of people like us who love it. We listen, we mm-hmm. laugh. But what kind of criticisms have you received from people? Uh, so far, it's been received overwhelmingly positively. I mean, it, people are really responding well and, and really loving it, uh, getting good reviews from what I can tell. Uh, the the one criticism I, I have heard of it is that uh, some people felt it didn't it just was almost too close to reality in that we we didn't have to exaggerate wokeness uh, that much for it right. to be funny by itself. You know, right. so, some of some of the chapters you'll read, read almost just like a straight retelling of wokeness, albeit maybe a more honest one where you're not parsing your words as much. But we didn't have to exaggerate much. And so, so what 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 I really hope is that I would love for for our leftists to take this um, unironically as like a as a how to guide and and use it in a classroom or something like that. If, <laughs> if, if we were to find out that was happening, it would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> now, the whole point, and I hear you in this throughout this interview, you're trying to communicate something. You're trying to communicate truth. Why do you think this could be helpful to Christians? You know, people who are believers, they, they love Jesus. They want to see everybody come to faith in him. They want to see everybody yeah. grow and do well. How does this help in that? in their desire? And how do you think that can benefit them? It, so our, our book works on two levels. Um, we really did try to take the time to uh, study critical theory and, and study, you know, woke scholars to make sure that we, our satire was ringing true. Um, if you read it cover to cover and you actually read all the, the, you know, the words in each paragraph, there are a lot of funny pictures and diagrams, but if you do read it cover to cover, I think you will come away uh, informed on, on, kind of the woke mindset and, and what it is. Mm. Um, you know, I think particularly our chapter on race, uh, gender, um, has some poignant and meaningful stuff in it. Um, you know, and then it, on another level, um, it's just something that you can pick up, uh, turn to literally any page and there's going to be something funny for you to laugh at. It's kind yeah. of, I mean, it's a good bathroom reader. We say, you know, um, <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Let me get, let me go ahead and order now. It's, and, and I'm telling everyone, uh, Get one for every bathroom in your house and uh, if necessary. Build more bathrooms, too, to put the book in there. And build a better. Better. I hope that for Christians reading it, that it encourages them, especially Christians that are really despairing or frustrated about right. this, this movement. I hope they come away encouraged and, um, and given courage right. that there's really not much to this ideology. Yeah. Um, it can't stand on its own. And all it takes is a little bit of uh, good-natured mockery, and it really does just collapse. And it's yeah. nothing—it's nothing we have to be 
we don't have to be too worried about it. I think we have right. to be aware. We have to know the truth. We have to stand for the truth. But um, ultimately, movements and ideologies will come and go. Kingdoms will come and fall. God's word and his kingdom stands yeah. and it'll stand forever. Um, and in the meantime, we can kind of just laugh at these silly attempts that, uh, that man comes up with to, to replace the, the revealed truth of God. You know, right. it's, it's really a, it's an attempt to, to create a new morality from scratch and it's, yeah. it won't last. And, and I think what's helpful is for, when people can laugh at some of this stuff, it's like, because it's so overwhelming, a lot of Christians are intimidated, they're insecure mm-hmm. because everywhere around them, they see things that are totally contrary. And, you know, as a pastor, it's frustrating for me because it's like I show them the word of God. I tell them in my, you know, of course, usual insightful rhetoric every weekend. <laughs> but when you guys say it in a way that is just, you know, totally different and funny mm-hmm. and totally expose it, it gives them this sense of, yeah, that stuff is ridiculous and it's mm-hmm. meaningful. And sometimes I think it just helps them realize I'm not crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah, there we get a lot of that. You know, sometimes it seems like we're the only person on earth that's that's not crazy. The whole world has gone crazy, and like, am I the only sane one around here? And I think right. a big part of the bees' appeal to a lot of people, and it, at least it was to me, was just knowing that there were other people out there that thought like I did, that weren't crazy. Yeah. And and uh, I think that alone can give courage. Now, what would you say to progressive Christians? Because there are people who profess the name of Christ. <laughs> they are, but yet they are. You know, and I think some actually believe the progressive agenda. Yeah. Some are just so afraid of being out of line with the mainstream that they kind of go along. But what would you yeah. say to the progressive Christian who maybe takes offense at it, at what you mm. write? Yeah, you know, I, I can come uh, pretty hard at, at the progressive Christian sometimes. And I think, you know, the, part of the tragedy of wokeness is it, it has preyed on all of uh, the better instincts and and godly desires of, of Christians. You know, we want to see the world evangelized. We want justice on, on earth. Um, we want to love our neighbor, you know, and it's, it's taken those godly desires and, and twisted them into this other thing. And I yeah. think, I guess what I would say to progressive Christians are, you know, those desires that you have for justice, those desires you have uh, to love others, um, to treat everyone equally, those, those are godly desires. But, but those, desi- those desires are not fulfilled or met in any kind of political ideology, whether that be left or right. Right. Um, they, they are found in the, in the gospel of, of the, the plain gospel of Jesus, you yeah. know, um, not, not sociology textbooks. Um, you know, the gospel is very simple and God intended it that way for the, the simplest person on earth to be able to get it. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I would just tell those, those people that get back to the scriptures, you know, yeah. read, read the words of Jesus and, and um, follow him. You don't have to follow all these other guys. Right. The book is called The Babylon Bee's Guide to Wokeness. We've been speaking with Joel Berry, the managing editor of The Babylon Bee. Joel, thank you so much. This has been awesome. What a wonderful conversation. <laughs> oh, likewise. Yeah, thank you so much. And, of course, his instruction was one for every bathroom, and if necessary, build more bathrooms. I think that's wise <laughs> counsel. Thanks again, Joel. Thank you. All right, Sean. So you you had talked to some some, some big heavy hitters, Michael Medved and uh, oh, yeah. Shelby Steele. This, this was, guy was a whole lot funnier than Steele. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of funny too. Shelby yeah. Steele, don't he didn't he didn't you know he was he brought game. Uh, now what a what a great guy. And what I found so refreshing is what a humble yeah. guy who obviously loves Jesus. That's right. And is using a gift he has, humor, to kind of 
carry a message of truth, to confront what he considers to be very harmful, divisive error. And uh, I, I just, uh, it was a great, great, it was a pleasure to talk to Joel. I, I, I'm going to be checking out the book, The Babylon Bee's Guide to Wokeness. You can get it anywhere, you know, any retail of the retail outlets, Amazon, you know, uh, Barnes & Noble's, all the others, so... Nice uh, stocking stuffer there. Yes. I, I could tell that he knew the word, too. That's the big yeah. difference, you know? Yeah, no, and, and again, I love that they're mission-driven, you yeah. know, um, because I, I think a lot of people get angry about stuff. They talk about it, but they don't do anything. These guys are doing something. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. And again, our guest was Joel Berry, the books, The Babylon Bee's Guide to Wokeness. This is Reaching for Real Life, and uh, I just pray you experience the Lord's presence all day long. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our current service times are 9.30 and 11.30 Sunday mornings. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.